Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. Not much in terms of racing, but there is plenty to talk about in the world of motorsport. Um, Formula One, bit of news, few changes, uh, team yeah. changes, Formula One, WEC, Formula E. I think Ross Bourne's probably cheesed you off a little bit, Tiff, but we'll come on to that yes, as well. Yes, we'll come on to that. Yeah, Ross keeps, yes. Oh, gosh. But the, can, can we just firstly say, firstly say, c- congratulate, I can't even talk, Argentina <laughs> um, in the World that Cup. That was quite a game last night. I kept on walking away from the screen thinking, that's all right, Argentina won. I wanted, I, I wanted Argentina to win because it was messy. I just, that was my only reason. And I didn't, I didn't want the French to win twice in a row. So then the French kept on coming back and coming back. And, oh. It was. It was. It was. Some game. Actually, my for, worst then? two teams in the my worst two teams in the world, Argentina, because of the history with Maradona and the hand of God. Oh. Um, but I, I forgave them last night and definitely won. I think the whole world, other than perhaps Portugal and France, wanted um, <laughs> uh, Argentina to win. So yeah. it, was a, it was an amazing World Cup final. Uh, whatever you say about Qatar, it was an incredible um, World Cup yes. tournament as well. But enough of that. Let's get on to what Motor we're here sports. to talk about: motorsport, Formula One, lots of different. I think there were four different. Uh, changes of um, uh, um, of CEO or director of whatever you're called these days. Yeah, well, come on to that. I've got to talk about Ross Brawl now upsetting me again. <laughs> um, yeah, so we all talk about the merry-go-round of team CEOs. That was fascinating. It all happened in one week uh, with the Ferrari and everybody else. But, yeah, I keep on trying to accept Formula 1 as it is and think, okay, all right, I'm a dinosaur. I have to move with the times. Ross Brawl keeps on being interviewed and <laughs> winding me up big time. I mean, you know, last week or two weeks ago, he said he gave himself eight out of ten, didn't he? I think, yeah, we've got eight out of ten for the new regulations. And I said, well, well, it didn't change that much. You know, it, it didn't really create much more overtaking without DRS. They followed a little bit more closely. But I'm delighted also last week that Sebastian Vettel, now not having to hide in the inner circle, came out and said, well, they didn't really work, did they? You know, they didn't do enough. Yeah, he wasn't very um, complimentary about the rule changes, was no. he? Well, he just pointed out, which I've been saying, we've been saying, you know, in that they allowed, allowed them to follow a bit closer, but they had no slipstream. So they were now running a bit closer, but that didn't make them overtake anymore because they'd lost the natural slipstream that the older regulations uh, created. So, no, we were all down to DRS overtakes. And someone like you put in Twitter about there were more overtakes this year than ever. <laughs> so I challenged him to say, so how many of those overtakes were without using DRS and without overtaking someone in the pit? Anyway. I don't use so, Twitter. And I think the rest of the world's not going to use Twitter soon. If you listen to Elon Musk, because apparently they're going banks. bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> well, they charges, well, yeah, anyway. Hang on a minute. But, Forget motorsport. Imagine paying $44 billion for a company and it's going to fail and a few rest later. It, it. I, know. I, I haven't bothered to read the ins and outs. A lot of news at the moment I don't bother to read the ins and outs on because it all, it's all pretty depressing. Uh, but now Ross Brown's latest interview, I don't know how much he's got paid for a pension pot, um, but he's now praising Liberty this week. Uh, some of his quotes, he says, for product over profits, you know, Formula One's seen a boom. Liberty have done a fantastic job. He admitted, you know, his budget was a substantial budget to make hardly any difference at all to motorsport with his regulations. Although some Twitter people will say, you know, give it time. It's only one year, but it's still so dependent on DRS to overtake. Um, he, he also said they worked out really well. They, they understand they mustn't alleviate the core fans. Well, they're flipping alleviating 
<laughs> alienate, alienate, alienating. And by my Twitter response, you know, I'd say 80% agree with me. You know, that, that they don't like Formula One anymore. It is going in the wrong direction. And, well, hang um, on. Let me just qualify that because that is probably alienate. That, th- those 80% alienate. are probably hardcore fans. So, core fans. Yeah, well, that's what yeah, but maybe, Ross is saying. Maybe he doesn't the think. new fan that comes in that, that, no. that like, like drives to, to survive, maybe they like it. Say, yes, because I was about to say that's the way motorsport is now going. Mm. So, but the point is, you know, Ross thought they weren't alienating core fans, which I think he's got that wrong completely. They are. You're right. But yeah, you yes, are there, right. Is a, Ross is wrong. there is, thanks to Drive and Survive, a huge new um, crowd turning up. And because Drive and Survive is sort of a fictitious, scripted, sort of puffed up stupid story. It's just a play on the story. They twist the story. Ca- causing issues things. that aren't there and, and yeah. uh, dramas, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a bit like Monaco, funny enough. I used to have to accept, I used to defend Monaco. They said, we can't race at Monaco. You can't overtake anymore. Why do we go to Monaco? And I used to say, well, because it's Monaco, it's a party weekend. Millions go there and spend billions of thousands of pounds, not even watching the race, they don't care. It's a party. It's a venue. It's an occasion, the Monaco Grand Prix. And what's now happening, thanks to Drive and Survive and Liberty, is that now the whole emphasis on every Grand Prix is to be an occasion. We've got Las Vegas coming up, we have Miami, where the, the celebrities on the grid, the parties afterwards, the after-show concerts with superstars, they're, they're selling Formula One now as an occasion. And the Paddock Club tickets now, this the, the highest level of ticket, they took £7,000 per head for three days in Paddock. Even, I think it was £10,000 for Vegas. So four people go, that's £40,000. Some of the Monaco prices are the same. Grandstand tickets are £1,000 on race day. And it, it's all become a weekend show where, to my yeah. mind now, that the race is almost a, a sideshow to all the, the boom, boom music. The DJ music, the apps. I was at Spa. I, was at, I didn't hear it. At, I don't think they had it at Silverstone so much. The DJ, boom, 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 and just killing volume right up to virtually the two-minute warning, you know, the, the hyping it all up. Someone told me that even they're talking about um, Brundle, I think the BRDC dinner, someone was chatting away and uh, last week, and so they might have to give up on the grid walk because even when they walk in the grid, they could hardly hear themselves think of the boom-boom music coming from the grandstands. So they're changing Formula One. Whether Ross Braun thinks he's not alienating core fans, I think he's completely not reading enough stories. So they're you making did, You did also say on this podcast earlier in the, the year that um, Monaco should probably be every two years. So do you stand by that? Or are you going to... Well, yeah. I, I, well, that's what I thought. We could have more traditional tracks getting the Grand Prix. You know, then that if, if Spa was going to be lost for Monaco, I'd rather have Monaco one year Spa and Monaco Spa. But then they're giving these venues to this, what, four Middle East Grand Prix, three in America. Um, is there too much razzmatazz now? Is it too US? Well, to focused? me, there is. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, so that's... For- but, so I think the they race. are they are they are alienating core fans. Yeah. Now whether we have to accept that, and that's it, okay. This is the future. DRS will be there forever. Um, you know, hybrids will be there forever, and seven thousand pounds for your paddock club tickets will be there forever. Um, you know, he Ross also said he, he thought they got the right balance between the product it's delivering and what fans want to see. That's his quote. He's got the right balance between the product it is delivering, which is razzmatazz, and what fans want to see. 
Mm. Well, it depends who what, who your fans are. You know, he talked about you know they've been very generous. He had a substantial budget for his new regulations he's made, so he's obviously had a good earner out of it. I think he must have got a pension pot with Liberty or something. <laughs> um, so I just despaired. I think you know the funny thing is if they actually want it to be overtaking Razzmatazz and show business and excitement. Um, you know, my idea we talked about, I say you should make DRS two seconds, you know, because then, because even now, I think Ross and other people have said that it's amazing. It's it's actually when you get within one second, exactly where the DRS comes into effect or not, is when you hit the turbulence. Even with these modern cars, that can follow a bit closer. Yes, I know. Um, so cars, I mean, like I've watched so many races, like you do the same now, and you're just looking at the gap between Hamilton and Russell in Brazil, you know, well, well, is it going to be a second or is 1.01? Oh, it's 1.1 or it's 0.9 halfway around the lap. And half the excitement to me is now almost watching that gap between to see when he gets DRS. Well, I guess one um, good thing about it is I'm not too worried about the overtakes. So, oh, you know, clearly it makes it for a more entertaining race. But what happens is when you have to defend more and when you have two cars going at it, it, it does uh, bunch the whole field up. So it's a, it's a better way. So unless it's the leader... Yeah. Um, off on their own, but if you if you if you if you're going for first and second, that typically will bring third place into play a lot more. So it, mm. uh, hopefully, if you did that, the two second rule, it would maybe bunch the pack up a little bit more. I don't. Know. Yeah. But the final thing, if we move on, he's even in this latest interview said he's not against reverse grids. Oh, in Formula One, Ross, Ross. You've been blindfolded by the money you've been earning at yeah. Liberty somehow. I mean, I mean, you, it's a it's the premium motorsport. It's supposed to be a meritocracy, the best of winning. You can have all those gimmicks in any other formula you want, touring cars. But I mean, we're going to reverse grid at Le Mans next time or something. I mean, it's just I mean, basically, I can get used to the new Razzmatazz Formula One because I've been a Formula One fan for 60 years. Um, I could live with most things, but just can we just not interview Ross Brawl? Can we just just winding me up? Just uh, saying everything's everything. What does wonderful. everyone else think? Because you know, I, I I get your point of view, and I think there is some there is definitely some uh, an area for uh, a bit of entertainment. Because if you're paying to go to an event, yeah. you don't just want to see yeah. a two hour race. And you agree? So in that, that case, well. make the DRS two seconds. I'm yeah. just saying that if, if you're going to have to, if you accept you have to have DRS. As I said about halfway through last season, I've now switched my brain to deciding DRS is just slipstream in a Formula Ford because there isn't any slipstream. Or a catering. Or a catering. So I've, I've, I've settled my little brain like that by just saying it's just a slipstream. It's a new form of slipstream. When you get close, you get sucked in and you can overtake. I wonder how many people go to a, a Formula One race. It was quite interesting. Almost every single race this year was a world record, a new record of yeah. attendance, which I, I don't know how they managed to do that. Will but, they keep coming back? But I wonder how many people go and watch the other races, the support races. No, they don't. How many people just turn up? Those people are paying yeah. five, six, seven, ten grand for their uh, ticket yeah. paddock uh, passes. They probably yeah. turn up an hour before, get on the yeah. campus. But how many people are true fans who go and watch all the races to support? Well, that's why I've, I've I've hosted these corporate events, you know, with people paying three or four thousand pounds, not the not the paddock club, and they'd be with me in a restaurant just outside Monaco. They've got their tickets, their grandstands. We're supplying some champagne and their breakfast and canapes, and they turn up. And about nine a.m., they're there early, you know, because the Grand Prix starts at one, and 
And I'll say to them, you know, um, it's Formula 3 is on in about 10 minutes. You know, the stars of the future. Um, more champagne, Tiff. Yeah, nice. Yeah, another croissant. <laughs> that would be with motorpassion.co.uk. Yes, if I don't, wanna, don't mention them because I'm insulting their guests at the moment. But I mean, their guests are lovely. But um, And then, you know, it's the same with the Formula 2. A Formula 2 race on now? You know, no, no. Then you say, well, drivers parade and they will rush out to watch. It's the same as Silverstone. You know, you, it is amazing that these people pay an awful lot of money and take no interest. I mean, like the W Series, you know, they were saying, you know, 400,000 people watching this at the weekend. Oh, they, 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 they race at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's about 400. No, it's not. About 400 people would get up to watch. <laughs> it's so weird. So nowadays, that's it. It's the Razzmatazz. It's an occasion. You go there to the country. You have a week, weekend away, and you go and watch the bands and the music and superstars and have boom, boom music. And that's it. So I'm, that's what I'm having well, to resign myself for everybody, to. Because every, you know, there, there are people that watch the support races. There are people that go on the practice sessions on, you know, go on Friday. Oh, and, yeah, the true fans, the core yeah. fans. Yeah, yeah. But, but if those core fans, get I think, are being, yeah, they are being yeah. alienated a little bit. So, Ross, come back to the real world, real world. Come and take, take me to lunch, Ross. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the uh, real fans are thinking. Speaking of lunch, did you see all the big boys, uh, Damon and um, Martin Brundle and... I wasn't uh, there. I wasn't there. No, no, no. I was surprised you weren't invited. Actually, <laughs> you're, yeah, you, you, you've been a Grand Prix <laughs> you driver. You have to pay. Brief, You'll have to pay. Have briefly, to pay to a go. Grand Prix driver. I have to pay for your lunch. Other Formula One news. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. Why was Perry McCarthy the first dig? Why was he there? Why just because he knows that circle of? Uh... He used to race Formula One, so he was a Formula Ford, the famous right. Rat Pack, the original Rat Pack. Was I think Martin Donnelly, Damon Hill, Mark Blundell, and. The, all racing Formula Ford. Now, if Palmer wasn't quite there. Okay. So, no, Palmer was way ahead of them in, the, in those genres. It was the original Formula Ford. The Rat Pack was the young Formula Ford drivers, and they befriended a few others and brought them into the, the lunch, the famous Rat Pack lunch. Nice. Um, yeah, Mercedes, Mick Schumacher signed up as Mercedes reserve driver. No thinking he's racing anything. Again, they're all so keen to stay with the bubble, like Daniel Ricciardo. And now Mick Schumacher and Mercedes Reserve are going to stand in the pits all year with the headphones on, looking like he's interested or trying to trip someone up down the stairs. Um, stories about Ford maybe sponsoring Red Bull's engines in the 2026, the new engines. There's a little maybe there. An interesting fact, Honda have registered um, interest in making a power plant for 2026 when the new engines come in. So... Plenty going on behind the scenes in Formula One. But then the big thing was, the, you know, the new Ferrari CEO has finally been named after a while waiting for Matthew Binotto's replacement. And it's a Frenchman. Uh, they've got Frederick Vasseur from the Alfa Romeo team, which is Alba Alfa Romeo. So they pinched him off Alfa. Um, and hopefully this will put Ferrari back on the map. I'm very hopeful. He, he, he grew up as a race mechanic and then he ran a team. He's an aerodynamicist. Um, he ran his own team, ASM, and then ran ART, a famous Formula 2 team, GP2. Uh, they won the GP2 championship with Rosberg and Hamilton, so he's very used to winning races. He also ran Charles Leclerc, so it's quite handy that he's inside yeah. knowledge of Charles. Um, he's run, you know, Alpha now, what, for five years he's been in with Alpha. Uh, they haven't done that well, Alpha. They've had the best year this year, six. Yeah, but, um, but, but hang on, they haven't done that well, but... Him as a team principal, did he do well? Did he? Did he? Make well, yeah, like decisions? I say, well, well, yeah. I mean, they won the GP two, but it is GP two team. So Alfred's never had much controversy. They've just never had the best of cars, I don't think. So yeah. very. And the interesting thing is the whole circle of life, because of course the last time Ferrari was successful, 
was another Frenchman run it. Um, because they had Jean Todd. Jean so Jean Todd was there, you know, when they had this amazing Schumacher uh, wins and everything else. And uh, Kimi won the last, they won six out of 80 years. And the last year of Jean Todd was when Kimi Raikkonen won. And ever since then, when they let Italians take over, they haven't won a single title. Have you ever seen, I bet you, I bet nobody has could ever provide me a picture of John Todd and Kimi Raikkonen laughing at the same time. Because <laughs> it's it's almost impossible to get one of each laughing it independently <laughs> together. I bet nobody can provide me a picture of those two laughing together. <laughs> but it was an interesting trail. John Todd was a motorsport man. Then Ferrari decided they had, they wanted to go in house. You know, so first of all they put Stefano Domenicali in, who was a finance man. So they, they put the accountant in charge of the Formula One team. That didn't really work. And then they uh, they decided to move on. Who was the sales manager? Was it Marco Mattiacci? Mattiacci, Mattiacci. Uh, they put him in charge in 2014. He lasted about six months. Then they thought, okay, the sales manager didn't work. Let's put a marketing man in. So they put the marketing man in, was Maurizio Arrivabene, who was there, what, for about four or five years. So then they decided to move on another Italian with Mattia, with the engine man to head it up. So they had four Italians on the trot to various different departments. So let's hope. I think I think it's a very good choice. I think it's very good to move out of house for Ferrari and to. What about the other teams? There's a couple of other changes as well. With other well, then teams. it all kicked off. Then so once once the Alpha job was available, um, which of course Alpha is going to be Audi in 2026. So the man that was always going to be the Audi man was Andreas Seidel or Seidel. I'm not sure it's Seidel or Seidel, a German guy who was um, McLaren's CEO for the last couple of years. So he's been McLaren for two years. And quite interesting, Zach Brown actually helped this move happen because Andreas had told Zach that he, he's going to go with Audi in 2026 when Audi take over um, Sauber Alpha. So I think Zach said, well, you go early because he was quite happy to promote his Italian, one of the race engineers, Andreas Stella. So it's quite because you've got Andreas Seidel going from McLaren to Alpha and Andreas Stella, don't get those two confused, being promoted inside McLaren. So, um, in fact, Seidel's not, not going to be the team principal alpha. He's actually got to employ them. He's going to be the CEO. Why can't you have a team manager? All these CEOs <laughs> and team principals. So, yes, yeah, so after four Italian failures, we're back to a Frenchman running, uh, running Ferrari. We've now got the German going off to, to get prepared for Audi coming to take over Alpha. We've got the Italian running McLaren, um, which Zach Brown made happen. So, that'd be interesting. And then, bizarrely, we had another one. The fourth one, Jos Capito left um, Williams. I think he was pushed rather than went. He's a, he's a, bit, of, he's a bit of a strange Marmite. Apparently, he's got some very weird practices, the way he runs things. And he was a hugely successful rally um, team manager or promoter or CEO or team principal with both Ford and Volkswagen, especially uh, winning the World Rally Championship. He then joined McLaren Formula One about two years ago, I think it was, and lasted about three months and was out of McLaren. Then he's sort of been around. I think he went back to Volkswagen to do road car versions of R, you know, Volkswagen Golf R. So he left that very brief Formula One outing to go and do that. And then he got employed by uh, Williams for two years and now he's out again. No that, word about who's going to be Williams's new principal. Was that one of the highlights of your um, TV career, driving the Williams V10 Grand Prix? Oh car? yeah, the V10, driving the V10. Williams. I think you drove the Ferrari V10 car the same era, didn't yeah. you? Grand Prix car. No, that was nineteen eighty. That was when the oh, F50 okay. came out, so it was a long way before. 
But Williams, they're talking about Jensen Button. So there's some weird names coming out, you know, Jensen Button or someone like no. that. No, I don't think it will happen. But um, so anyway, lots of fun and fun and frolics going on in Formula One as they all move from team to team. And I, 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 I'm just really hopeful Ferrari have a really solid year next year. They might not win the title, as long as they don't have any awful mistakes and embarrassments. It's nice to have Ferrari doing it, well. Of course Everyone it is. Ferrari. I mean, they're the most successful team in Formula One history. Yeah. yeah. Full stop. Um, so, in other news, Tiff, I did World Endurance the... Championship, where are you going? Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you can, we can yeah. go to Qatar with the uh, WEC. Yeah, I was just going to say, just a bit of news in, in, in World Endurance Championship. Um, good to the Glickenhaus who said they will enter one car next year championship because they were half in half, but everyone loved Glick, Glick, Glickenhaus. Um, and what I'm interested in is, is the World Endurance Championship becoming the, the sort of the real fans' new formula because, you know, Ferrari and Porsche are back. Uh, it's becoming very exciting. You've got Toyota and um, Peugeot and we've got um, Chrysler and we've got... The Lamborghini coming in fact, Grosjean's signed up to Lamborghini next year, and it's all sorts. Alpine coming back, and the, the Le Mans campsites have sold out already to show how there's suddenly some wow. new interest in World of Georgia Champs. So if, you, if you were thinking of booking a campsite for Le Mans 2023, you've missed out. Um, so I'm very excited about a World of Georgia Championship until then. <laughs> I got a bit upset because they've got and sold their souls to Qatar. Um, because they've signed a six-year deal with this awful, featureless LaSalle track, which Formula One now goes to turn, 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 desert, sand, no grandstands, no spectators, except in the one grandstand or the huge, long, straight, um, huge track limits. You know, you can you can control track limits in a Grand Prix with 20 cars. We've got a 50-car world endurance show, but there's so many curbs and shortcuts. And, and they've also bought the first round. So they've sort of, push Sebring out for 2024. Sebring is opening it um, this year. So it's it's like they all buy the first and last round, don't they? The more money you've got, you can have the opening round or the last round of the championship. So it's a bit of a thin-edged sword that, I mean, six years of lost sales. There's only seven rounds in a year. There's only seven tracks. Maybe it will end up being the most spectacular race of the it season. It can't be. It just turn, 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 turn. But why not? Why, why, why not? If he, if the cars, uh, maybe they're just going to just really click around there, and it's just going to be the most epic race ever. But they won't learn looking side. Unless you've got some dips and hollows and curbs and fences and something coming close. Undulation. Um, look at look at word. Spa. Look at Brands. Look at look at any Wellington. American circuit with, with Sebring, you know, IMSA, Road yeah. America. Yeah. I mean, so now when we've got Sebring, great tracks. We're opening next year. Sebring. Uh, there's then Spa, which is a great track. There's Le Mans, obviously, which is fantastic. Monza, I don't like that much. It's got a history. Uh, they've got a Portimao, amazingly new. There's a new track. There's a new exciting track. Oh, yeah, that's new exciting track. Fuji, it's a very traditional sports car round. Uh, they do the Bahrain, so they do Bahrain. So now they'll have two of the seven will be Middle East. So, so um, you said to me once about uh, when I was doing some practicing, you said... 12 laps, you should be up, you should be really know the track by then. But yeah. blimey, Portimao. It's yeah, Portimao. Great, isn't it? That's tricky. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to Portimao. I'm not so sure about Lossa. I thought with Qatar, they were going to build a new track somewhere else, but I might be wrong. I thought that was what they're, I know they're modernizing Lossale, but more in the sort of paddocks and everything else. But um, it's not a circuit. I mean, Bahrain's not a very good track. Again, that's pretty featureless. I mean, you've got, some, one you've got some undulation. You've got a little, you know, yeah. 
not yeah. down the but, hill but, and come back but up. But very few, yeah, the down yeah. the hill S's, but then that sort of ends almost immediately in that horrible tight right-hander. And then there's an awful left-hander, that really tight hairpin. If you do that in a normal race car, that left-handed hairpin, which you approach the left-handed braking curve, so you can't really overtake easily without clouting someone, is such a tight corner in most cars. So good news and some slightly bad news in the World Insurance Championship for me. Okay, I've got some news. Patron news. Yes. This is more exciting than WEC and Le Mans and all that stuff. You're, not, you're, you're for another season. Have you signed no, up? No, no, sadly not. But Caterham are going to Barbados next November. They're doing a little Barbados championship. So they're putting six cars on a 40-foot trailer. So they get multiples of six. And they sold out 24 cars for this race uh, within, I think, 24 hours or something. Which so category, though? Which class? Um, that's a very good question, I I think it was two seventies. Yeah, sort of mid, middle of the pack, I'm guessing. But um oh that'd be that'd be a fun way to end the season. Not that I'm gonna have a season, but it would be a fun <laughs> way to end the season. I just thought that was a that was a nice um nice little nice little caterum story. Nice little idea to Bob Well that's the I went out there and did that track with um, Top Gear Live with did Clarkson you? and Hammond and May, yeah. Fun little track. Um then the last motorsport news really is Formula E. So Formula E positive. See, let's be positive, Paul, from Formula E. The new Gen 3 cars have arrived. They had a week's three days testing down in um, Valencia. And there's so much new in this Gen 3 car. It's quite interesting. Um, they got more power. They're lighter. Uh, but funny enough, they weren't that much quicker around Valencia than the old cars. Yep. So they didn't know why about 0.2 quicker. Um, it could have been the tyres, of course. They've gone from Michelin to Hankook tyres. So new tyres. most bizarre thing about them is they have no rear brakes <laughs> and that's it's all in the region it's as a driver I mean, obviously it's all fly by wire brakey i'd be half terrified to constantly yeah, know absolutely. that um so they've got region on the front plus front brakes and region on the back um so every time you lift off the braking is done by region but of course you know when the uh when the uh batteries are full region doesn't really work that much so i don't know quite how they're going to get any rear braking so when can the they, with the Generation 3 cars now, can they race flat out the whole time? Oh, of course not. Stupid. Well, not excited. Even, you, well, you might be excited. I'm not even excited. Even Formula E say it's an energy conservation formula. They have to regen 40% of their power to fit, get to the finish. Well, I can understand regeneration because that just adds more power, but I can't understand not being able to race it flat out why don't so, they reduce it by two laps and and let people race flat out well at the moment they can only do about 60 spend of the track if they have to regen 40 percent, they <laughs> oh. can only get halfway if they race flat oh. out no, i'm sorry i'm sorry it doesn't do it well, that racing okay. that's right. not racing that's a, however that's, some of our listeners that may be chair. interested uh, <laughs> they've got some horrible air on nose wings they've got these weird slanted triangles with the pointed tip at the bottom of the front, just ready to be lined up with the uh, wheel of the car in front of you, just go slightly inside. I know, weird, weird front wings. One good thing is they drop the fan boost. So, you, oh, that ridiculous, giving two cars extra boost at the end of the race because you've got more fans on the internet. Yep. Um, but the other big thing may be coming up during the season is pit stop recharges. Um, some people obviously keen to get this in. I think ABB, the sponsor, aren't they involved in recharging? Um, so they're talking about a 30 second stop for a 600 kilowatt charger. Now, I know you love charging up at charging points, which 
promise 150 the kilowatts and the then drill bane out of our life when you're filming charging electric cars is horrific so they might introduce that halfway through the season but it's See, a funny like, old format i like the rally cross sorry tiff i like rally cross the electric rally cross that we well, yeah, they go full on. power well and also full i like power. the fact that when they want to change a battery it takes 15 minutes so they'll change the whole battery out so yeah. they're not messing they don't, the I don't think they do they do that in the car I know that was the one car we tested had that battery swapping I'm not sure some of the current uh, world rally cross formula have that facility we were I'm not starred, sure starred. so I don't um, know three teams left Formula E Rokit Venturi Mercedes and DS Tech Cheetah three new teams to replace them was McLaren of course quite a big name Maserati a big name and Cupra AB and Cupra so those are the three new teams in amazingly only seven of the 22 drivers are in the same seats as they were last year. So you talk wow. about merry-go-round of Formula One CEOs, it would appear that Formula E has got a bigger merry... Only one team, Jaguar, has got the same pairing, which is, um, wow. of course, Sam Bird, British, and Mitch Evans. That's quite surprising. Isn't it? Only seven drivers in the same seats. Yeah, because you do form a bond, don't you, with your, your team and your, your crew and everything? Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, the fact that the four, only four drivers have left... Um, as Nick De Vries has gone up to Formula One, and Tony Giovinazzi, having dropped out of Formula One, was the only driver to not score any points last year, and he's been dumped out of Formula E. The American Oliver Askew's been dropped out, and sadly also as Oliver Turvey's lost his seat. So four drivers out. A new driver's in for this year, Jake Hughes in the McLaren. That's great. Jake, young British driver, was in Formula Two last year. Uh, Renny Rast, the Germans, come to join Nissan. Nico Muller, the Swiss driver, is joining Mahindra. And the French guy, Norman Nato, has gone to Nissan. But Nato did Formula E a couple of years ago. So I'm excited to see how so, Cooper are, are going to do because they're, they're building some really good-looking cars at the moment. I know it looks yeah. on everything, but um, yeah, yeah so that, that'd in. be quite interesting, how they mix it up with the big boys like you know, Jaguar and McLaren et al. Um, et al. So five, five Brits, just to quickly finish off my formulary reports, five British, we've got the most drivers, the British drivers, JQ, Sam Bird, Oliver Rowland, Dan Tickton having another year, and Jake Dennis. So there's your good news. We've got five Brits, new cars, like it or love it. Uh, we've got wheels that get into locks. They're talking about overtaking a bit more hazardous. They won't be doing those awful dive, push, bumper car passes because they knock their wheels off. All starts in Mexico on the 14th of January. It all finishes in London on July the 30th. That's quite a big weird, season, isn't it? I know. Well, they always used to have or tried to have this sort of 2023, 22, 23, and 23, yeah. 24. Maybe they're going to start that again. Maybe maybe the next 24 season will start in 23. Who knows? You never know if Formula E, do you? They'll come up with some new wacky idea. But yeah. you've got to watch it. You've got, I mean, you've got to watch the Mexican race. Don't watch the video there where their promotion was over 200 miles an hour. I don't think any Formula E circuit ever I gets bet, to. I bet nobody's done 200 miles an hour in a race in a Formula E car. <laughs> no, no way. Correct no. us if we're wrong. And speaking of being corrected, I was corrected um, because, of course, we did our poll on the 22 Grand Prix drivers last year. And because I put Nick De Frees at uh, the – what's his name? Nick um, – the freeze the freeze thank you at uh eighth place i got a bit of yes. shit for that but it was just it was you know i was just commending a guy coming in and doing so well on his yeah. uh compared to well, i didn't mind else. that it was you know it was a, a story of the year i'm an amazing position just defending so you're that. still not going to watch formula e then while well, i have to go and still lift it's and coast lift and coast lift and coast 
it's not racing. It's it's lift and coast. It's lift and coast. It's a it's a game of stress. It's a strategy game. It's not racing. You want a race needs to be flat out the whole time. Ten tenths the whole time without DRS. It wants to be without DRS. I don't mind DRS. I don't mind it. It's not DRS. I'm not. It's not digital. It's slipstream. If it's yeah. slipstream, all yeah. that is is when you get close, you get slipstream that pulls you past at an amazing state of knots. What are you doing? Knots. What are you doing? What are you doing? This time next week, well, actually, this time next week is Christmas. What are you doing for Christmas? Tell tell our listeners and viewers. Oh, staying at home and not going to Boxing Day Brands Hatch. Oh, the Needell family, late 50s, early 60s. Oh, as a kid, the excitement <laughs> for me. Forget Christmas presents. Get to Boxing Day. Oh, those trips to Brands really? family. Oh, really? wonderful club racing, Formula 3 saloon. From where? Where did you drive from? From Weybridge in Surrey, from my little yeah. rented apartment in, in Surrey and um, an hour's drive. And oh, there was just so much excitement. Mum would make a picnic hamper. On, on Boxing Day, is Boxing Day? Just a... Brands Hatch, Brands oh, Hatch. Okay. Mallory not... Park, actually, I raced one at Mallory Park. They used to have a Boxing Day as well. And I actually did Boxing Day at Mallory Park. Um, yeah, we had the uh, rugs over our knees. Mum made the tomato soup in the thermos and that's turkey sandwiches. Oh, well, I just love any race. I was so excited to go watch motor racing whenever I could get a good wood oh, for Easter Monday. So it, that's it all. It does I'm... put make make the back of the neck, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. <laughs> hearing stories like that, that's that's brilliant because you are a true motor yeah. fan. We really are. I am the the football the boy from the terrace that made it onto the World Cup stage. Yeah, amazing. And whether you, whether you like your opinions or not. Um, yeah, you are true. You're a true fan. You're, you're a most fan. Actually, I'm halfway through reading Andy Merritt's book. Well, I haven't got the title of it with me here. You can look at Andy Merritt, and I'm no modern fan will buy it or read it unless I implore them to borrow or get a copy because the tales of him being a motorsport journalist in the sixties and seventies and the teams he involved with and the scams and taking Formula Three drivers in their camper vans and their Formula Three car on the back of the Volkswagen pickup truck and racing from prime. I mean, wonderful stories from the 60s and 70s of how the background of motorsport was before it became so corporately dominated. You know, the fun and games have gone and um, Ross Braun is here to stay. I wonder where he's going to work. He's going to he's going to be going somewhere. I'm sure he's going to be commenting. He'll be like, he'll be do a columnist who oh, upset me every month. Well, don't talk about columnists. Or you'll make Jeremy Clarkson uh, what he said over the weekend about Meghan Markle. That's 6, I haven't 000, read that yet. Six just a thousand Ofcom um, uh, complaints already. Uh, <laughs> it's really like properly kicked off because he was. I'm he was just going to find out. He was quoting, I believe, from Game of Thrones. I don't, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but he's quoting from there and he was saying, uh, "Strip her naked and throw excrement at her in the streets," and it didn't go down very well. So even his own daughter. What was this? Like, Where did he not, write this then? In the sun. The sun or in the sun. In the sun. Even his own daughter said, "I do not stand by my father's comments." <laughs> so next week is Christmas. So we're going to have our first week off in the whole history of this podcast. Um, so uh, we're looking forward to that. Well, we're not looking forward to having a week off. We're looking forward to Christmas. But then we come back in the new year. Uh, we kick off with Dakar. And actually, thank you very much, Audi UK, because I'm going to be going to Dakar but mid January. So when well, are race- you? Yeah. Are you? Are you yeah. are? Well, you. There was only one space, and they sent the invite through to us, so I oh, kind of got they? there first. And oh. uh, so, so, mm. but, but that's going to be good. Hot favorite, hot favorites to win. We were, we were doing a preview of it. So our next show is going to be on January the second, which is a day after the Dakar has its traditional start. It's a two week event, isn't it, or more? I think. 
Uh, Audi have to be favourite, I think, because they, they were so quick last year with that electric machine. What's it got, a V6 engine or a V... I it's got a know, motor running... Well, it charges itself up. It's got its own petrol engine. I'm so it's going... a fully electric transmission. So you don't even know about it. I should be invited because I know about the Audi <laughs> Dakar car and you don't. <laughs> right, on that note, I'm going... I, I think I'm going... Not I hope going you get to... sand in your sandwiches. Yeah, I, I'm going on Friday the 13th. Oh, there we go. That's an omen, isn't it? <laughs> Friday the 13th. So I'll be there for a couple of days. So we'll probably do the podcast Monday the 16th of January, live from Dakar. Oh, will we? Well, I look forward to... Well, I don't look forward to that. Well, I hope, yeah, I hope look forward to you singing a sandstorm. I'll probably be in an airport lounge somewhere. <laughs> half asleep. Yeah, Thanks for joining Christmas. us. Have a and happy New Christmas. Year. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. See you on January the 2nd. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for joining. Cheers. <laughs>